0: game begin
1: hey daggum nerds fans welcome to our rings of power episode it's here bum, bum, bum. Dun, and... dun, 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 dun. yes may bum. Yes, indeed and joining us tonight, we've got Brett in the house. Hey. hey guys, once again, I'm back. We've got the the Mr. Daniel Sherman joining along.
0: Um, you can have my axe.
1: <laughs> and then of course, <laughs> we would not dare talk about Rings of Power unless the one and only the one ring himself, Rob Foster. <laughs> uh you'd
2: have my bow? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Well, we have been – what is that noise? Is there a Nazgul? Nah, just my wife's car. Wow. (laughs) Check that car out. That sounded like a fell beast. (laughs) Wow.
2: Sorry about that.
1: I was going to say, man, Rob's going method. He wanted to be riding on a fell beast talking about the, the rings of power. Wow.
2: Hey, if anything, I'd be riding on an eagle.
1: Okay, there you go. That's a lot more fun. There you go. (laughs) Well, this has been a long time coming, and so much anticipation leading up to this moment. In fact, fun fact: uh, our Amazon Lord of the Rings uh, anticipation theories episode is still the number one Daggum Nerds episode for most listens. So it's kind of it's kind of strange that now we're here. Actually, like it's happened. We've got, we're three episodes in at this point, so wow. uh, really excited to, to talk about it, just kind of initial thoughts, what we're thinking so far, and uh, talk about Rings of Power. Now, I, I guess except for Daniel. Dan, Daniel's going to be our, our non-biased outside opinion. <laughs> um, so dare I say we start with Rob. Rob... This was a long time coming birthday gift for you since it aired on your birthday. So, so tell us what just unleash the floodgates. What are (laughs) the Rob Foster thoughts on this?
2: First of all, cinematically, it is gorgeous.
1: Yes. Beautiful. It
3: is.
2: Just that our first scene showing the trees, I was like, I really need to just find a way to screenshot this and keep it as a wallpaper is that gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Seeing the, seeing the trees of Valinor was something that my heart is needed. Ever since I read the Silmarillion is like, I want to see this one day. So it's gorgeous to look at. You need some screenshots. What else?
2: I'm actually enjoying the story so far. I was, I was tentative about it, especially since they had no rights for the Silmarillion for the Silmarillion so all they yep. all that they could work with was the appendices. So, what with what they've got, I am looking forward to how they how they build this story.
1: Yeah, and you know that was a revelation that I don't even know if we realized that the last time we talked about this is I thought they had gotten rights to Silmarillion, but they just couldn't change anything. I mean, it was a much later revelation for me that I realized no, they only have the rights to Lord of the Rings. So, even though they are in the Second Age, they can only make reference to anything that was, that was in the appendices regarding the Second Age. So, yeah, for, for me, I'm impressed that within those constraints, we're getting as good of a story as seems to be unfolding.
2: Yep. I was just—right uh, now, my favorite storyline is actually the Dwarven one with— uh, Elrond with Durin? and Caz- yeah, with Durin and Elrond, just that little argument he has on on their elevator. I'm just like, they really are showing that this is a this is an old friendship that 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 they have.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, to me, that was actually when the story finally started getting engaging for me. It was like, all right, mm-hmm. now we're diving into millennia long feuds and just the dynamic between elves and dwarves and like i'm glad that they touched upon like what do you mean friends you missed my marriage you missed the birth of my children like you know and and he brings up a good point you know 20 years is a blink of an eye for an elf but for him that's a large portion of his life right it means a lot yeah right and so like i sat there thinking like you know almost having this uh um interstellar type moment of like yeah, he's missed all these important things. Like if if we would have cued a montage, I would have been crying by now with all the stuff that's happened in Durin's life. Um, mm-hmm. and, excuse me, Durin the Fourth. Um, Durin the Fourth, yes. <laughs> but it, it, to me, that's when I started like, all right, now this is starting to feel like like some Lord of the Rings. Of you know, now you've got the elves and the dwarf dynamic, kind of this mm-hmm. this tongue in cheek feud. And I, I did enjoy the whole. He's like, absolutely, you will not stay for dinner. And then, of course, the first thing out of his wife's mouth is like, you've got to stay for dinner. Um,
2: and <laughs> oh, no, the, the moment that they introduced her, I was like, I like this character.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the the dynamic between them. Um, and yeah, every frame of this is gorgeous. And I mean, I want to personally shake the hand of all of the people involved in the costuming department cuz oh, yes yeah. it has been a joy just to just <clears throat> sit there and look at like wow they wove acorns into that person's hair wow exactly. that amulet is immaculate and looks like it was hammered in a smithy like it just every every single prop that i've seen i've been spellbound by like you know to your point i feel like i could pause at any moment and it would be worthy of a screensaver so mm-hmm. visuals they have down fricking pat. Um, yes.
2: The music is I'm I'm giving a thumbs up on that one. I mean, it's Howard I've Shore. Always, it's Howard Shore. No, it's, it's Howard not. Shore. No. What? It's not. The what? only the intro song is Howard Shore. The rest is Bear McCreary. Bear McCreary. He's done a oh, lot my. of the video game music and I think he's done one or two shows as well. But it's interesting but it's well, all he's taken he's a big fan of howard shore so he's in an interview he's saying like i did a lot of research into into this music to make sure i did it justice huh
1: well then good, maybe maybe good. that's the serial effect to where you know they say you often only remember the first and last things in a sequence so maybe just since it opens with howard shore music I thought, oh, sweet! The rest of this is going to be Howard Shore. Yeah, um, I guess that's <laughs> not unlike the uh, the Harry Potter series, to where so many of them open with Hedwig's theme, which is John Williams. But yeah. he really, he only scores a handful of the full length films. So,
4: yeah, he's well, only well, done say, the first three.
1: All, yeah, all to say is that the music has been good. Um, yes. Now, granted. There's not a theme that I've heard yet that I'll be humming to myself, like, you know, concerning hobbits or, um, you know, nothing, nothing that's stuck with me yet. But maybe it's just because it's like, oh, it's Howard Shore. It feels appropriate. Well,
2: the only one that's been stuck in my head is the khazad Doom theme. Uh, And it was just like, okay, I'm I'm already partial to dwarves. So, of course, that theme would get stuck in my head.
1: Yeah, and and whatever right they evoked, and I mean I can't remember the name, but I mean that oh, yeah. was a fun that was a fun little duel between them. And, I mean I was mm-hmm. impressed. Elron broke one rock. I mean I thought oh, there yeah. was gonna be like uh, okay, you know he he tries. And one thing I didn't understand is I, I thought something was gonna happen when they handed him the the second hammer, and like he was looking in the engravings, mm-hmm. and I thought like oh did they just give him like the golden hammer from Mario? Now he's gonna break all the stones, but then he just put <laughs> it down and end up being a non-event. But I wonder if there was something in the original script that they then like, it's like a deleted scene, but I just felt like there was a lot more significance to him holding that hammer and then doing nothing with, but, uh, or, or I thought maybe it was going to be a conspiracy and they handed him a dud hammer, but nothing ended (laughs) up happening. It was a fun little duel, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Brett, initial thoughts for you.
3: Yeah. Well, a lot of the same stuff. I really admired the music, the costuming, cinematography, um, man, I just thought it was stunning. Um, and so that, that was my initial thought because I came in very, very, very skeptical. I thought, man, you are touching something that so many people regard as their favorite IP, their, Mm -hmm. their classic story that they do not want ruined. And we've heard so many rumors of how bad it was going to be. And Mm -hmm. I do have some critiques. We can get to that in a little bit, but I would say that I would give this a six out of 10. It's not completely midway, like a five, but just over. Um, I'll probably continue to watch it. I hope it improves. Um, But yeah, those are my initial uh, impressions.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, I went in with such low expectations because I didn't have a single friend who had watched like the initial episode go like, Oh yeah, this is worth watching. And, and I'll admit the first episode is pretty slow because of the world building involved. So I -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fault them too much for that because I mean, there is quite a lot of world to build and considering they pretty much had to sum up the entirety of the second, the first and second age leading up to that moment. I mean, I thought they did as good a job of any, especially to establish all the many different threads that they're going for. Because, I mean, by my count, you've got Galadriel in the realm of the elves, which then split once Galadriel split from Elrond. Then you've got the, the uh, Harfoots. You've got what's happening in the Southlands. So, I mean, you've got, like, five different strands to keep up with. Um, and, you know, now here in, in episode three, we have the whole Numenorian contingent to deal with. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's a lot they had to establish in a a short amount of time. So I I won't fault them for that. But um, at the same time, I'd probably be with Brett. I don't know if I would say 6 out of 10. I'd probably say where it stands right now, I would give this a 7 out of 10. And a majority of that would be by the costuming and the visuals alone is what a majority of that score Um, and I will say that I'm interested enough in the story that I, you know, I'll see how it, how it resolves, but I will say that for, for the, for the budget that they were given, the acting, I will say is a solid B plus like there's no one yet that I feel has just commanded the screen. With the exception of of Durin, I felt like as soon as the dwarves came (laughs) on, I was like, okay, dwarves are nailing it. Everyone else needs to pick up the pace. Um, Exactly.
3: Well, dwarves and um, uh, who's the sealed dwarves father, the captain of that ship?
1: Elendil. Um, Elendil.
3: Yes, Elendil. I think he does a stellar job at his role. Uh, Every time he's on screen, I'm just glued to that guy. I don't know where they found him. I've never seen him before, Um, but fantastic job. So I'd say yes, the dwarves and him. I really like him.
1: I mean, everyone else,
3: meh.
1: I mean, Nori is growing on me the more I see her. Um, And uh, I'll also give props. I I will say the person I'm most surprised with as far as like, okay, I'm really, I'm really liking where this character is going is Orondir. Orondir. The, the the southern elf soldier. Oh, yeah, him. Uh, I've really been impressed. Now, granted, it's three episodes in, and I still don't know how I feel about, like, buzzed, buzzed skull elves. Um, but <laughs> for that character, it it fits somehow. Now, all of the, the rest of the short-haired <laughs> elves, I, I mean, I'm getting used to that aesthetic. You know, it, it does kind of feel like a different director's take on a culture, um, and I mean, you know, I, I know some of your lore purists will be like, "Elves always had long hair," and I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, let's let's see how it plays out. You know, maybe maybe they'll 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 grow into their hair, <laughs> as it were. Um, but <laughs> you know, for now, or, for or now- it could be
2: a depiction. Sorry, you go on. You finish."
1: Oh, I was finished.
2: Oh, sorry. Okay, the signal must be bad for me. Um, I was I was going to say, or they're trying to make a depiction between like the higher elves and uh, the elves that would su- soon inhabit a murkwood.
0: Hmm.
2: By the by, the hairstyle.
3: Yeah, Maybe, I mean but that's a, that's a stretch though, because only the purists would know that.
1: Well, but I mean, you know, Celebrimbor doesn't have long hair. Elrond is fairly short hair. I mean, I mean, it, here's the thing: is it? It's not such it, to me. It's not been something that has prevented me from being able to connect. It's something that you know you, you have to get used to, especially if you're you know if you're used to the the Peter Jackson trilogy and like all right, if you're an elf, you got you got strands on strands on strands. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know. Uh, it, it, to me, it's, it's such a minor part. Like I, I'm much more hung up on some of the acting for the elves than I am their hair. Um, yeah. And when, it,
3: and when it comes to culture, uh, let's just hit on that for a little bit. And even in Tolkien's writings, he talks and purposely describes different races in certain ways. This is the way they are. Does it bother anyone else that every single culture is as diverse as New York city? It it, Does that, does that (laughs) bother anybody? I mean, I I look at that and every single culture that they have in there currently is not homogenous whatsoever. That is not the way it was portrayed in the books at all. It's hard for me to see it. And it's very glaring. That's one of the reasons why it dropped like at least two points for me on the 10 scale is because it is so prominent. Every single one from the Numenoreans, the elves, dwarves, everyone, it's forced that there are all these mixed marriages. And again, I'm not against mixed marriages, but that culture, all those cultures are homogenous, on purpose, and there's a reason for that. Dwarves are for the dwarves, elves are for the elves. So, does that not bother anybody else? Is it just me?
1: I mean, I, I will say, I remember, I mean, I, I've got, I've got a lot of friends that have, that like going into the show, they were calling it woke of the rings. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I will say, you know, I went in going, okay, get, get ready to be bothered by like, I, I know it's going to feel very different from the, the original Lord of the Rings. And I will say this, the, the only one that has bothered me, and it's not even the actress. Cause I like the instant she was on screen. I loved her character. But to me, it just doesn't make sense for dwarves because I'm like, you're a race that lives under the ground. Like it, it, it makes like y- you point at anything that lives under the ground. And I mean, it, like, look at this skin here. It's going to be pasty white. You open up a refrigerator. You're going to get a sunburn. Like that's what happens mm-hmm. when you live under the ground. Now, for everywhere else, I could get I could get on board with that. Like even even Arandir's character. I'm like, hey, you, you've been living in the south the the land of the sun right like I yeah. I can see arguments for that it's not bothered me as much it was just the dwarves it just felt odd um, but you know at the same not, time it's, not even
3: the Harfoots
1: I don't know how I feel about the Harfoots yet I mean <laughs> considering they're meant to be like the pre hobbits I'm like I don't know I mean you live outside the entirety of your life you're not necessarily gonna be fair skin right. Like even if, even if you are fair-skinned, you're going to be very freckled or sunburnt. Um, so I, I don't know. The, the, Nori is the only – like everything about the Harfoots to me almost feels like comic relief. Now granted, um, we're still getting to know them, and, and we, it's very clear they're the, they're the pre-Hobbits, right? They're, they're the, the proto-Hobbits. Um, but I, I don't know. The, the, I went into it thinking that the, the different um, characterizations were going to bother me. And so far, the only time where I was like, eh, you know, what, what we were talking about earlier, Brett, in in our previous episode about, um, or I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll post that episode after this one, but whenever, whenever there's something that just feels like it doesn't fit the context of the story, all of a sudden it feels like a stage play to me. And I don't know if that's because I've seen it more often in stage plays, or I just feel like you can suspend your disbelief differently for a stage play, but I don't know. It was just the dwarves that I got hung up on. All the other ones, I was like, eh, I could get on board with this. Let's, you know, carry on show. I will save my judgment for later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, one thing Yeah, I, for uh, me... Well, yeah. I what re- about you, Rob?
2: For me, I really haven't had any problem with it yet because it was like, okay, I'm just suspending my disbelief on any of this. I'm not going to be like some of the other purists out there that are just like, absolutely not. But it's, but I just go by what, how the, how the characters are portrayed. And so far I'm, I don't have any problem with it.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, to me it's time will tell, right? Like, Hey, prove me wrong actor, nail this role so well that I will have a paradigm shift. Um, but, you know, a- again, with except for a handful, some of the I think the acting is is probably the weakest point for a majority of the show. Now I don't know if that's acting or if it was scripting. You know, there, there's some lines that you can tell they're trying so hard to be Tolkien, um, but it, it still kind of feels like Sam's choice Tolkien to me, to where you're like, okay, you know, it's not bad <laughs> enough that you know, how dare you put the brand on it, but but you're trying, you're trying. Um, yeah, and, and maybe it'll get progressively better as, as they go. Cause you also have to remember, these are the first three episodes. Um, yeah. and, and you know, and these showrunners, like this is the first major thing they've done. So hopefully that experience, it'll get better over time. And you would hope that when you're dropping, you know, 500 mil per episode, you get better over time. Uh, wait, night. 500 or 50. Actually, I misspoke 50 mil per episode that, you know, you, it's going to get better. Um now I saw that Spencer joined has joined the chat. So Spencer, we are talking rings of power. You we're giving initial impressions. You wanna speak in? Mm. Speak speak friend and enter? <laughs> um
4: I'll just I will enter, but unfortunately I've been busy enough that I have not been able to watch the uh the episodes up to this point point. But uh, to, I'd be willing to like, you know, just chime in if I have just an opinion on just general thing because I've uh I like the uh, Tolkien uh, the movies and I've seen the Hobbit movies but and I've seen the end of the trailer but overall it's like uh, it sounds like it's they've gotten a decent spectrum but they've made like certain specific decisions that are, can be like eh, either good or bad from what I'm yeah, hearing. From and, y'all.
3: go ahead, Zach.
1: I thought I would go into this and tell all of all my like. I didn't realize how much of a, a gatekeeper I was going to be on this because I've had at least three friends go like, "Well, I'm going to wait till hear what you say and then I'll decide whether I want to watch it or not." But I mean, I thought it was going to be eh, it's a hard pass, not worth your time. I will say, being three episodes in, I would give it enough of an endorsement to say, "Hey, this is at least worth watching." I'm not saying it's the first thing you need to go out and watch because the answer to that, it, what do you need to go watch after this, Brett? Were you doing your homework? arcane arcane that is what you need to stop listening to this show right now and go watch (laughs) do yourself a favor so that is the first recommendation then after you finished arcane yeah give rings of power a shot um you know again to me time will tell like where where are they going to take this we we know they're not going to land the plane in this season like if anything this season needs to end with something so sinister or like such a oh my gosh Sauron's back. What are they gonna do? Like, it's got. We know it's got to end there, because I mean, they, they're on I think for at we least know five what it's seasons. Be. Well, I mean, we also know where it ends, right? I mean, this is a prequel, so I mean, we know eventually <laughs> what happens. Um, but you know, it's it's as they introduce all these new characters, you got to get me to care enough about them that even if I know what the eventual story will be, I care enough about. Yeah, but what happens to Nori? What happens to uh, Marigold Brandyfoot what happens to Aaron Deere you know this new elf character because man in the Hobbit series I could have cared less what happened to Tamriel or whatever her name was um, but you know I, I do already feel here three episodes in like I'm, I'm curious enough like okay now I want to know what happens to them carry on storytellers I must know now
2: <laughs> you have piqued my interest
1: Yes. I, I will say it is, it is peak worthy. Um, I don't know if it's investment worthy because I know as a dad, that's one of the biggest I, – I mean, as a dad or as a husband, it's a big commitment to go to a new show because, A, you got to hope that your wife's on board because if you can't together watch a show, then you've just vastly reduced the amount of hours you can watch something. Because when, whenever I have a show – like, well, I, great example, Stranger Things Season 4. There was, I knew there was a snowball's chance in Mustafar that she was going to (laughs) watch Stranger Things season four with me. So I was (laughs) like, when am I going to fit this in? And then it finally happened to where she went away for a girl's weekend. And I was like, all right,
4: binge watching. I've
1: got two nights to binge watch this. And while I don't recommend necessarily late night binge watching Stranger Things season four, because there's a <laughs> lot more horror elements. And we just recently renovated a grandfather clock that chimes <laughs> scarily close oh. to the clock in season, in season four. And if you know what I'm wow. talking about, there was one night I was literally like put on my brown pants because right after a Vecna (laughs) moment, the clock in our dining room started going off and I was like, this can't be happening. Um, So choose your, your clock renovations wisely before watching stranger things season four. (laughs) But uh, I mean, if you, if your wife's not on board, it's so hard to watch a new show. So that, that might be an interesting way of, of doing recommendations. Like this is so good. I'd watch it. This is without a spouse. You have to go watch this, which is arcane. Arcane yes. is Sand spouse. You must do yourself a personal favor and go watch it. <laughs> um, Rings of Power. I don't know. Maybe either wait till your spouse is on board, or you know, get around to it. It's like to me, it's it's peak it's peak interest level good. Now, hey, that could change. We're only three episodes in, but for now, I'd say eh, it's worth when you get around to it. But I, I'd have several other shows that are more worthy of your time.
3: So I have a question uh, to help clarify something on the show. Rob, Zach, maybe you can talk into this. Mm-hmm. So Oh, and not
1: the, Spencer. Spencer can't talk into it? It's fine. Well, I mean, way Spencer, to give him that compliment. Or, me. or Daniel.
3: To. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still Marillion experts? I don't know.
4: Oh, okay. Um.
3: Well <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Thank I, you. I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> So when it comes to that tower with the furnace that Celebrimbor Brimbor wants to build for something mm-hmm. so special, what is he trying to build in there that's so unique? Obviously he's got a secret, and I do have a qualm with that in the show. It seems like every character has some type of secret. You've got
1: That's how you build a season 1. Is oh, he got to know grief. the secrets Brett it's, it, That's it's what you got to like do.
3: Show of desperate housewives. Everyone's got a secret they're trying to keep from everybody else from getting. I don't know. <laughs> but still, I, I do want to know what. Now, he's all, well,
1: now all I want to do is I want to see Middle Earth desperate int wives. <laughs> oh my gosh. Please make something somebody. No, I don't. Oh, wow. No, don't. No, don't. I take I it. No, my mind. no, no, don't. Yeah. Uh, they, but, make, but they can what branch is, out and do that eventually.
3: <laughs> what's the significance of Celebrimbor wanting to make that furnace, and what's he trying to make from it?
1: Well, I'll I guess go ahead.
2: Well, with this, it's more of that. With the show, he's trying to be some. He's trying to be as good as Feanor was. So he's mm-hmm. wanting to make a forge that that could be able to handle such great great works. And so with that with that forge being made, I'm wondering if Sauron if he's already met Sauron in his Anatar form or not, then which would give him the idea to start making the rings of power,
3: the rings of power. Right. Yeah. So, so that, that's what I originally thought, but I didn't know if there was something else he was trying to make like a weapon or what, but I, makes sense. I to don't
2: me. know. He doesn't see, or at least with the way the show has depicted him, he doesn't want to make another weapon. He wants to make something that'll, Um, something that's beautiful and will last.
1: Yeah, I mean, based off of the dialogue scene that he was having there with Elrond, I think he's approaching it from a master artisan's perspective to create something that is so evocative. I mean, the line that he said that it was so beautiful that even the Dark Lord himself Mm. was mesmerized by the Silmaril. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if, if he's been influenced by Sauron yet. I think right now he's just an artist who is looking back over his long lifetime, seeing that he hasn't made a work of art that can compare to Feanor. So that's why he wants to just build this forge. And mm-hmm. so my prediction is that he will build said forge with the help of the dwarves, and then it'll be the question of, so what do we make? Like, like basically we've, we've built nuclear fusion – so now what do we make? Okay. Um, and, and then, of course, Sauron's going to come in with the equivalent of the atomic bomb. Um, yeah. And the, the other question I have is, so, Rob, do you feel like the secret that during the third and during the fourth are hiding, is that the Arkenstone? Or is it a, a new cannon for a lost Silmaril?
2: No, I would think that it's – no, I think it's more of uh, – well, Arkenstone would not have been found yet that – I think it's Mithril, like the, that they're just talking about their raw form of Mithril that they found.
1: Hmm. Huh. I don't know because it was emitting light. So so yeah, I know original I mean, lore, it, it, Arkenstone wouldn't be found for many, many years in the Lonely Mountain, but – yes. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there's I don't, the, I, the the <laughs> the proto Arkenstone, the Harfland stone, mean, oh <laughs> or is gosh. it something entirely new?
2: It, I don't know. Moria was specifically known for mithril, and and the elves were the ones that taught them how. Was I might be wrong at that? The elves might have been the ones that. Taught them how to refine it more to make it a harder steel, like the strongest steel, but soft as well. Question:
4: Question, what are the rings canonically made of? Hmm. What like we have the forge, and we need a material to make the rings out of. What are they made of?
3: That's a good question, Zach. Rob, I
4: don't, I don't know if it's ever
2: mentioned. I know that they've mentioned like the jewels and and at least the elven rings, but...
1: Mm-hmm. Aaron! Aaron? Aaron? <laughs> Aaron? Marco? I mean, <laughs> you, you have the, the elven rings of power that have elemental attributes, mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. don't know what materials go into those. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of Galadriel's uh, kind of lines that she speaks at the beginning of the Fellowship, you know, took his, his malice. So I don't, I don't know how you forge malice, um, into the, well, the the One Ring, but I guess um... it's
2: like an imbuing of a personality into it. Like you, like you put your heart and soul into making something that it that it kind of imbues that that object in a way, if it in a magical sense. I know that oh, we're straying off topic here, but uh, in the Inheritance Cycle books, the Aragon books, uh, Aragon makes a sword that that he kind of imbues with himself. That it it, that it does something special, and that other swords don't do. Yeah. So I wonder if they're kind of doing the same kind of idea.
4: I mean, I don't know. My thought is, well, seems to be
0: hit and miss because there's the wonderful world of Wikipedia. (laughs) So the Ring of Water is stated to be made out of Mithril, Mm -hmm. and that's that's supposed to be Galadriel's ring. There's the ring of fire. It doesn't say which one it's, it doesn't say what metal it's made out of, but it was set with a ruby. Um, the ring of air uh, is made of gold set with a sapphire. Okay. So, so those are those three, those would be the elven rings. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to look through and see what else I could find. The one ring is just unadorned gold. So it's a simple gold ring for the hmm. one ring. So, so with it's the power of so- Google. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, then that kind of like nullifies my question because I was thinking like if they're all made out of some like legendary really hard to come by material <coughs> that you would see you know that the dwarves might find underground. It could be that, uh you know they found mithril and they need that mithril to be able to make the and uh, at least some of the rings that are you know wanting to be made. So, hmm. it's like I would not be surprised if Season one is more of the, I guess, the gathering the materials and the equipment needed to forge the rings of power. That hmm. and to me, that would okay. seem like a really good starting point. Like the politics, and like you know, someone has a vision somewhere, and they're trying to make the, these rings a, it's like a reality. But it's really, really difficult to find the right components, the right uh, like. Situation that you can forge them in, hence making the furnace.
0: I th-
2: and maybe so. Maybe so. In my opinion, it's more of that. It's going to be that they use the mithril to help build the forge itself. Oh, well, I hadn't thought of that.
4: So because yeah, that...
2: because even like even with the. Uh, like this, like we haven't even seen them make the doors of Durin yet, which which Celebrimbor mm. helped make with the with a uh, the moon the glowing moon runes. So it's it could be that right now we are you know in words <laughs> uh, that it's right now that we might see the beginnings of like designs for the rings, but. Mithril at this point is just going to be sort of forging the politics of, hey, we're not trying to steal your stuff. We want to be friends. Here is going to be the main conflict between the two, between the uh two races.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the the dwarves are already coming from a place of mistrust because you know they're even saying, well, why did he come knock on our doors? It seems coincident. You know, it seems quite suspicious that we just found this thing and then he comes a knocking. So, the dwarves obviously know that whatever they found, the elves would also find valuable. So, it has to be something that has universal appeal. It can't be some unknown element that the elves would be like, well, we don't care. We don't even know what that is. It
4: could be a banana. It, has it universal could oh, bananas. be
1: a potassium-holding banana.
4: It plot
3: has a, twist. It has a, a lot of appeal. Plot twist. They found that they can take Mithril, put it in that that furnace Ooh. and make beskar to get the oh. mandalorian armor made to place oh. yeah. something, over. Like, something right on i going to be on my back
0: to tank <laughs> <laughs>
3: to place on the USS enterprise
1: oh my god then... all right brett now you sound like you're making a comment on a rings of power trailer <laughs> Have have y'all been keeping up with those, by the way? Just the internet absolutely trolling the Rings of Power trailers? No, No. I missed that. Oh, y'all missed this trend? Did they use the the best card to make the
4: the doctor's um, sonic screwdriver?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I didn't realize I needed a dwarf saying this is the way. Like, that would be amazing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is the way. Um, More Scottish accent. This is the way. No, that's not Scottish. That's, that's I'm not sure what that was. Uh, <laughs> I think that was yeah. more Russian.
2: <laughs> this, this is the, is way, the
4: way, laddie. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, like, it, do yourself a favor, and on any of the Lord of the uh, any of the Rings of Power trailers, um, since Amazon was starting to, uh, like censor a lot of the negative comments, people just started trolling by making nonsensical comments, um, mm-hmm. like, it, it, and they're all like nerd crossovers. So like this one person said, Oh man, best part was when Galadriel said, We're gonna need a bigger boat and Scotty beams <laughs> her in into the TARDIS and then they <laughs> all go, This is men in black. Like, oh you know, it, <laughs> people people just started flooding with these kind of just nonsensical crossover comments. So it, it's fun to go through if you've not if you've not looked at them.
4: Oh I I, um, I might. That that's But fun. but
1: but speaking of a Galadriel I'm waiting for them to add some more shades to her character. Cause yes. right now I'm like, I right, guys, I get it. She's a warrior. She's, she's hell bent. She's Mordor bent on eliminating orcs. Cause you know, kind of shades of the oath of, of Feanor. she's like taking on her brother's oath to eliminate this evil. Um, like I, I get it. What else about her character is there? Um, you know, in this third episode, I'm glad that there was like that moment of, of just pure joy that she got when, when you heard, like you said ride and you could tell like, okay, cool. Like she can enjoy herself as well, but Mm -hmm. man, I, I think I might've thrown my sword down too and been like, all right, chill pill, what else are you about? You know? And, and I mean, (laughs) I know this is, you know, thousands of years before the Galadriel that we see being queen of Lothlorien. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, let, let, let's add a couple other shades here. Let, let, let's add a, a few nuances here other than just, to me, she's like the Dalek of elves. Uh, she's the Dalek of elves. Exterminate, exterminate. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I know you <laughs> want to do that. What else do you enjoy? <laughs> Do you like long walks on the beach? Yeah, Actually. I'm just like. Do, do, do you like date nights with limnus bread? Like, you know, give me something else. Huh. All right, like Have you ever not met the tree. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she. I, I also, she was talking about like the sense of like she grew up in that that warmth of basking in the light of the trees, but then yet it's always colored by. So therefore, I must kill orcs. I'm like, man, I wish, I wish this desire to kill orcs was mixed with a little bit more dialogue because there's this deep desire to be home or, or to reestablish the paradise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get that revenge for the killing of her brother, you know, taking on this oath. Like that's a big motivating factor, but I don't know right now. She's just got like this one, this one note drum that she continues to beat. And so I hope that as the show progresses, maybe the other characters kind of draw out different shades from her um, so that mm-hmm. it's not just must kill orcs, must kill Sauron. Like, you know, just something else. She uh, is I no think... man. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, her. but
3: even even in, uh, I know you were joking, Daniel, but to that point, they took someone like an Eowyn and made her, even though she was very headstrong and independent, much like Galadriel is now, they also gave her a very tender side. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're missing here with Galadriel. Currently, currently. Again, we're only three episodes in, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean it to to pull back in a token quote, um, it's I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. Mm-hmm. I love only that which they defend. So like mm. I love that Galadriel is is fierce warrior. Like I'm I'm totally there for that. But I'm kind of looking for a reason beyond just they killed my brother. Prepare to die. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't need the Elvin Anigo Montoya. Like,
0: Conceivable.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you keep on using that word. I don't think it means. Um, man, wouldn't that be a crossover? Physique ends mm-hmm. up coming to save Galadriel instead of Erendil. <laughs> he comes pulling up and, and pulls her out of the Shrieking Eels. Uh, <laughs> we're just crossing Um,
4: over all over the place tonight Yes, yeah
3: we are another thing that I knew that she would probably be a one note character it was kind of a yellow flag in my mind was in the first episode where she was able to well since there are people here who have not yet seen the show able to take down that evil entity Mm -hmm. so easily like I mean it took the entire fellowship like fifteen <laughs> minutes, it in, in order just to kill that one, and yet she does it in fifteen
1: seconds. Now, granted, she's also thousands of years old, and this may not be her first. May not so was Legolas. First, okay, point <laughs> taken. Point, so, point. taken. So, so I, that's I, what that
4: happens to the troll. You know, it took the point of the arrow. <laughs> it's but, like multiple
2: points of an arrow. of errors
3: the, the, sure the more you
1: know the more you snow but the
3: <laughs> but, but the hard part for me is that you've got to make her relatable and in that moment i went wow i can't relate to you in any capacity at all you, I mean, <laughs>
1: you <laughs> didn't you didn't think her save the cat moment is when those mean boys smashed her boat in the river
2: oh my god! Because i know that's that what they were amazing. trying to go for that
1: but to me bad. it like it, it wasn't enough it was it was enough <laughs> It, um, what
3: what it was, was a victim mentality, not a save the cat moment. A ah, save the cat should show her good heart going
1: out to someone else. Her saving someone else who was being bullied. See, yes. you're right. It's, you're, that's, that was it. Because I, I remember mm-hmm. as I was watching, like, I know what they're trying to do, but I don't feel it yet.
3: Yep. Yep. That they, they didn't do it correctly. They were trying to gain sympathy, but not relatability to a good quality in her character. Hmm. And... It missed.
2: See, I saw that with that with that scene. I was seeing, I was seeing what what you you were seeing, but I also saw them alluding to a major scene in *The Silmarillion* as well. Because if you, and this is something that the uh, the Tolkien professor had mentioned as well, that two of the those children elves had red hair, and the only prominent really the only prominent elves that had red hair were the Sons of Feanor. Hmm. And when they, when the, when the Sons of Feanor, or when Feanor took the ships and sailed to Middle-Earth to go after Morgoth, the first thing he did was destroy yeah, the ships. Destroy, yeah, destroy the ships. ships hmm. And the ships were swan ships. The And the shape hmm. of that her, her little boat there was a swan. So I was just like, okay, that's a little, if that's, if that's, if that was their intention of, of the illusion of what the, the, they were trying to allude to, then that was pretty smart.
3: Well, <laughs> the writers are probably but, like, yeah, also, yeah, that is totally what I was uh, planning I, I on. I mean, here, yeah. here's the thing. Even like if, even,
1: even if they wanted to, to, hide behind that symbolism. The fact that two out of three people completely missed that still shows that it wasn't a strong story <laughs> point. True. Um because I mean I I knew that well like when it transformed into a swan boat, I was like, oh okay, that's a very Elven esque ship. Um I I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if I'm going to give them credit enough to say like, oh, they were doing a symbolic moment of Feanor, the Sons of Feanor, burning the ships, or if it was no, they were trying to make these people seem like they were bullying Galadriel to create a moment of sympathy.
3: At best, if it was trying to allude to something in the in the Silmarillion,
1: it would be an Easter egg. That's it. Yeah. Um, Not to uh, mention, it would be a foretelling of events, a major foreshadowing because <laughs> given that she was living in valinor at that moment then it would be it would be a a prophetic sinking of a child's boat um so mm-hmm. i don't know May, if they were going for deep cut symbolism then slow clap but the point being is i uh, i'm still waiting for gladriel to become a little more relatable and i think she's i, I, I think it's it, i mean i think that uh morphid um clark uh, I apologize if that is a butchering of the first name. Like, I, I think she's doing a great job. Um, I, I think some of the weakest acting I've seen has actually been from uh, Gilgalad. <laughs> Every time he's been on screen, I'm like, oh, yeah, that. There, I, I am an elf. <laughs> Just insert words and I will be an elf. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, it's, and I
3: think the problem there, a lot of the problem is not in the actors, it's in the writing.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's probably a combination of both, but yeah. um, I've I've really enjoyed Halbrand, um, and excited to see what comes of his character because yeah, I mean he's mm-hmm. if he's the the leader of the Easterlings eventually, like <laughs> we know that it, the story does not end well for them, so it, it'll be <laughs> interesting to see the the rise mm-hmm. and fall there, and then um, you know also really interested to see what's going on with that healer's son. Um, Theo? Like, is he gonna become a dark sorcerer oh, yeah. for, for Morgoth or for Sauron or another
3: like, secret? <laughs> Everyone's got a secret. God.
1: That's how you build wait, season wait, ones. Wait, wait, Brett. Wait, 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 That's how you build season ones. You gotta you gotta make a bunch of I can of easily
2: see questions. him being I can easily see him being a black new the black new Like the mouth of Sauron. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I mean, he probably isn't that. He probably isn't that character. But I was just like, it could be a smart illusion. <laughs> it could be a smart idea. Okay. Like that. Perhaps. Perhaps. My biggest question right now, biggest question right now for me is now, if if we only are have during the fourth, and we know that there's a Balrog that shows up in the show. Which bout rug is it? Cuz it can't be Durin's Bane. Mm. Hmm. Cuz the Durin's Bane shows up what in what early third age or late second age? Well, I mean A it's long Durin's, time. it's Durin's like, it Bane kills...
1: because it kills
2: Durin. <laughs> it kills so... it kills Durin the Sixth. So that's two generations later on.
4: Well, how guess the question is how long do uh, they live, and how many are there supposed to be? What Balrogs? Yeah, Balrogs. How many are there supposed to be Bal- canonically?
1: Um, well, I mean, the the idea is many. that I mean, there were many, but the idea is that Durin's bane was was basically like one got away and hid himself so deep that it wasn't until you know the dwarves delved too deep that they awakened him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it almost cheapens. Jiren's Bane if there's, like, another one. I mean, to me, it's kind of like, yay, another Jedi survived Order 66. It, it's, <laughs> it's all right, we got another Balrog that's conveniently in the same spot after this one was supposedly the only one that was here. So it, could... it was a trailer, so maybe it's a flashback. Um, maybe. So it could be a flashback, or maybe um, it's a completely different mountain. Yeah,
0: because, wait, because you're talking about the Balrog that gets awoken in Moria, right? Yeah
1: correct that's durin's bane so, correct
0: i'm i'm looking at a timeline i'm trying to figure out where this happens in the whole timeline so well that, we, durin's bane is third age right so okay oh. and it could and, and it could be that oh. they
1: don't defeat the balrog right it could be that that is durin's bane and they they try to seal it away or it retreats or you know it retreats um and then comes back later put it to sleep I, I mean here's the other thing is there's going to be a lot of truncating of events because I doubt there's going to be like a thousand year gap between season one and season two. I mean, if we have human <laughs> characters involved, mm-hmm. we can't do giant time jumps. The, the only people who would still be around are the elves and a handful of the Numenorians. So, you know, it, yeah. th- there's going to be a lot of suspension of disbelief on the truncating of timelines just by the necessity of the fact that there's human characters we're supposed to care about. So
3: another question Actually I think Oh, sorry. Uh, another question that maybe y'all can answer is at the end of that third episode, who is that bad guy that they kept talking about with the name like Ara or
1: Arda something? Adar. Okay. Voldemort. <laughs> no, that that is he who must not be named.
2: No, Voldemort is basically Sauron's cupbearer, if even that.
1: No, yeah. he he just copied
4: off of um, Sauron's. You're know, like, oh, it's like I see that you used an item to you know make yourself inv- vulnerable to all attacks. I'm gonna do the same thing over here, but I'm gonna do it seven times.
1: <laughs> um, and what do y'all think of the stranger so far? I mean, it's I, very clear that he's meant to be a wizard. Yeah. I mean, so so I mean I I mean I I guess he's gonna be one of the blue blue wizards.
2: Maybe, but I would think with the blue wizards that they would have arrived together.
1: Wizards so don't I,
0: arrive until the third age. Do they? Get, so do where they are they get, we? What?
3: Where are we?
1: <laughs>
3: wizards I'm don't arrive she, till the third seen, age. Are you sure? I've
2: seen somewhere that they that they arrived in at the, the second age.
0: I'm just confused because I'm trying to figure it all out. There's there's.
1: Okay, well See too well, much of a yeah. I mean I mean it says it says there were no wizards in the second age. But we have harfoots. Could this be a a har like a har wizard? You know like har wizard. I mean I'm just going to throw a har in front of everything because apparently that's what you do. Like if you have harfoots is this a har staff? You know shaman. Uh a a har graybeard um you know, uh, uh, <laughs> a a, a stari <laughs> No, it's a har <laughs> It's hard a Har-Lord. A Har-Bumble. Um, that, that's a new phrase. It's a Har-Bumble. He's a Har-Bumble. So he, he's a precursor to what the, you know, Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast will eventually be.
0: Mhm. So are we so, yeah. supposed to be knee-deep in, like, the Second Age with rings of power
1: oh very yes. much so very, very much, much so. so yeah
0: and there and there's and I'm, I'm trying to and i'm trying to think of like somebody who's i've only seen like the lord of the ring movies and not even like the extended versions you know just like the theatrical releases oh you poor man but <laughs> so so from my understanding, is is that the Silmarillion is supposed to be all like that—the beginning of the age, the creation of the world, kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Silmarillion is is, you know, the the start of time, and and even the Silmarillion includes some parts of the end of the third age, but I mean, the majority of it is the first age and second age.
0: Okay, so I'm just trying to figure out how much they're actually pulling from Tolkien-inspired work. And how much is, for lack of a better word, expensive fan fiction?
2: No, they're put at least, as far as I know, with the Numenorean storyline story that they're doing, that they're pulling pretty. As far as they've shown so far, they're pulling pretty solidly from Tolkien. Because right okay. now we're look we're looking at Numenori, Numenor's uh, at the height of its power, but it's also where where it's used to be friends with the elves. It's now pulled away from them and it's and it's beginning to we're about to see its downfall and all the other crazy stuff that happens that leads up to uh, the prologue of of the Fellowship of the Ring
3: so I have a theory but it would be under the assumption that the writers made a mistake Okay. okay, because because no one is perfect, but if what Daniel is saying is true that wizards are not even in the picture until the third age, then the the mistake would be that the writers put wizards into the second age. That my theory or just guess is that the that this mysterious man who fell from a comet. Uh, is a wizard, but I think it's uh, Saruman. Saruman? Interesting choice. I think choice. it's Saruman because mm. if you look at it, um, one I think his facial features are very—it's uh, a lot sharper than Gandalf's. Um, I think they did that on purpose. Another thing that they did was that there's an element of death and fear about him. If you remember what he did with the insects
1: fireflies mm-hmm. yeah
3: um whereas Gandalf wouldn't probably do that at all however he did have the ability of a wizard to talk to that insect and so that's that's my theory it's still based on very vague ideas
1: well and, um, and I mean all this could be a non-event right like it, ultimately like Saruman, Radagast, Gandalf were all Maiar I mean technically Sauron is a Maiar
2: and yes. the Balrogs are Maiar as well, right?
1: Right. So I mean, this could just be another Maiar, and, and the idea being that you know this as as the 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 Har Wizard, it, it's <laughs> beginning to set the stage for okay. So this is why these Maiar, because maybe there's a there's a kind of a reincarnation element to where like that you know the Maiar kind of they retain the memories of, of previous Maiar. Maybe that's why Gandalf had such a proclivity toward hobbits is because when this original wizard esque Maiar came, he was befriended by Harfoots. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I feel like that's the angle they're going for at least. Yeah. I mean, I, it
3: could be that they're playing it on the nose and it's Gandalf, but if I put money in a hat, It'd be Saruman. Okay,
4: well, so playing Devil's Advocate here, what if it wasn't a wizard? Say, like, you know, all these, you know, he has all these abilities. Is there another type of either race or something else in the Cimmerian that would explain a character with these type of abilities? (laughs) It'd
3: be
0: Tom Bombadil?
3: To earlier, yeah, Tom Bombadil. But I don't think so because he's actually earlier than this, is he not?
2: No, he was there before the world even began. He, yeah, like it, because he was, like he said, he was there when the elves first came to be. He was, like he was. He he is as 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 he as it's written in the book. I would, honestly, the the being a wizard or one of the Maiar is the, really the only option. I could. It'd be a strange idea, but they could. Could be one of the Maiar that fell, and will become a Balrog because his proclivity to fire. But my hmm. like, like I first said, well, when after actually after our uh, our uh, theory episode, Zach, when I was saying in the Discord of just that it could be Gandalf because. Of the proclivity of the fire, plus him being saying, "I am the servant of the secret fire and wielder of a flame, flame of Arnor." That that that's what gives me the idea that it might be Gandalf that's still learning his powers because this would be the first time he's ever it had a physical form. Hmm. But I, but it could be a stretch of, like I said, it could be the Balrog that hasn't. A Balrog that hasn't uh, gotten its more demonic form.
3: Is that how they started?
2: No, well, I, mean, well, I, mean, I, d- I don't know actually. So, huh. well, I just know that they were they had more demonic like features that they couldn't fly, but they could run, and they were terrible.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you if you take within the lore. That the Valar are gods, and then the the Maiar are basically angels. Mm-hmm. So I mean, mm-hmm. similar similar to like Christian angelology. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, like the, th- the idea is you can either be an archangel or you can be an archdemon, and I mean, like you're still an angel, but it depends on which side you fall on, right? Mm-hmm. So
4: um... <laughs> you fell out of a meteor,
1: <laughs> right? He did. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know when it comes to Balrogs, like what, what is the, the good equivalent, <laughs> um, of a Balrog, but considering that, considering <laughs> that Gandalf is a Maiar and then a Balrog is a Maiar, I mean, maybe that is kind of what the clash between them looks like. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a Tolkien fan out there somewhere who is gnashing his teeth as they listen to this conversation, but <laughs> I'm sure uh, the there's... Tolkien
3: professor would know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, he's actually, uh, i put put in the discord,
2: but he's uh, put a, uh, he started a YouTube channel called rings and realms, which is all about discussing each episode of the, of the show as it comes out. And it was and it's, like, the he's didn't, he's done a, video of episodes one and two and it's it's interesting of seeing his point of view of what's going of what's going on in the show
1: okay yeah i'll have uh. to listen into that um i'm looking at the like you know the tolkien wikipedia on the balrogs and mm-hmm. i mean it just says that they were meyer who were corrupted by um melkor or you know morgoth hmm. Mm -hmm. So they cloaked themselves in shadow and flame and carried whips and swords. So uh, I wonder if we're going to see Melkor in this series. Well, if they do, it would be a flashback, but I don't know if they have rights to Morgoth. I mean, he's been mentioned, but I don't know if we would ever see it.
2: Really? The only time that we've seen him thus far is when in that little in the Valinor scene when the trees are being drained of the light and we see his shadow above them. That's like the yes. only instance of that. Yeah. Which
1: was already kind of breaking of the lore because I thought the reason the trees were destroyed, I mean, it was ultimately his influence, but I thought it was unglod, you know, like the giant, yeah. world-eating well, spider, but it was under
3: yeah. his influence. So, so you
2: yeah, could going say on... that he did it. Yeah, Ungoliant was brought to Valnor by him, so.
1: Yeah, so still ultimately. And again, they're trying to summarize a lot within, like, you know, an <laughs> opening prelude. So, you know, I'm going to give them some grace there. But, yeah, as far as who the stranger is, if I were a betting man, I would bet that he's just a brand new Maiar. Like, I, I don't I don't know if they would go for a pre-Gandalf. All Uh I don't know. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of supporting things like you know the the fire, but yet it's not hot. It doesn't harm um, his proclivity for the the hobbits or Harfoots. But I feel like in the lore, I thought that he was in Valinor and then came to Middle Earth. So I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, would see, put, that... I, I would hedge my bets on it's a new character,
2: unless it's something in the unfinished tales that that would explain it, but.
1: I don't know. On all the official wikis, it just mentions the five.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: be on the lookout for the Number blue six. wizards.
3: Well, <laughs> I well
1: I think it's very clear he's not a blue wizard because to the the previously raised point, there was two and they came as a pair, and I mean that they, oh, like oh, the, and mind. and they were they were they were of the sea. I mean they came from uh, Arome, like like he's basically you know the the Valar of the seas. Um, huh. So, like. That they come together, they go east, and they're never seen again. So, um, I, I think it's a brand new character. But see, these are the kind of questions that you do in a season one, right? So mm-hmm. I, I hope I hope it's not revealed. Like I would be fine if it's season two before we get an answer on that one. Like keep it indes- interesting, keep me guessing. Um, but you know, the, but but there there has to be some resolution, right? So don't. Yeah. Don't forever keep me guessing like lost. <laughs> huh. Ge- guessing with some resolution eventually.
2: They're still so, guessing to this day. Yes. There's always another secret.
3: There always is. Maybe this is all a dream. Like everything you're seeing now <laughs> is just a big dream.
1: Well, at least with Rings of Power, we know that uh, that there is going to be a resolution. For right. does eventually throw the one ring into Mount Doom. <laughs> mm. Um. Now, one other thing I want to comment on, and then and then um, we'll we'll need to wrap this up, is the opening sequence. Does anyone else like the sand art on the like yes. reverberating? Like, so cool. Have y'all ever seen me. that in person? Yes,
3: that it is yes. fascinating. I've only seen it once, and um, I, I love that they incorporate that here because it's very. I don't want to say mystical because it's all based off of physics but it is very magical seeming to, to people to see that kind of thing. I love they did that.
1: Well, not only, you know, the, the initial frequency that they play, it's, it's like nine rings for the world of men. And then in it, you know, the frequency mm-hmm. changes and then it, it kind of goes elven, and the frequency changes and then it's Numenor, And then, you know, the, toward the end, the frequency goes to just the one giant ring that, that seemingly is like sucking everything in toward it. So, uh, I've only ever seen that happen once in person. And I mean, I was like, what, what devilry is this? Like, it was just so cool. (laughs) Like, I I don't like, I don't like, I both understand how it happens, but then yet still don't understand how it happens with like the frequencies causes the sand to, you know, assume the different shapes. Um, It's also interesting. I saw one, one commentator make this note that it's kind of an allusion to the creation story of Lord of the Rings, that Mm -hmm. everything was sung into existence so the idea here that sound oh. is literally creating the different forms that you see um, mm-hmm. is a really neat concept. But I am curious if it is – if parts of it are practical because, I mean, I remember when they came out with the teaser and it was like you know, the water and the fire forming the rings of power. And then they, mm-hmm. you know, they revealed that, that little um, like mini-doc about how, hey, this is all 100% practical effects. I'm curious if any part of the opening is practical or if that's all CG. Um, hmm. I mean, they. I they bet me most fooled. of it is CG. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you would design a frequency that gives you the trees of that, of,
2: <laughs> of <Yeah>. Valinor.
1: <laughs> I highly doubt that's possible. I mean, you know, circles and squares and triangles, sure, but like, not, not only that, asymmetric trees of Valinor. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but but I I still think it's a really cool opener. Well, I it it's got me my, my interest peaked enough that I will continue to watch it. I'm sure we will do another episode about our continued thoughts. but uh, anything else in closing before we we wrap it up? All right. Well <laughs> –
0: I'm trying to figure out how to pose this because it's like, I know your feelings on the book of Boba Fett, Zach, you know, <laughs> and, and I will put it, here, here's the way that I put it, right? And this goes back to my, you are a legacy fan of Boba Fett. And yes. I'm like, we're, like we're pre-EU, you know, but I wouldn't say that your fandom of Lord of the Rings is at the same level. Yeah, I
1: mean, I will readily admit, and this is why we have to get Aaron back on the show to to weigh in on this because I am a movies convert. I had Mm -hmm. heard of Lord of the Rings, but I mean, growing up, I was reading Chronicles of Narnia. Like that, that's where I'm gonna be. That's where I'm gonna be a book purist. Is if Netflix ever does make their series that they bought the rights to, Um, which I'm shaking in my boots on if that ever comes to be. But um, for Lord of the Rings, I was watched the movies, played the video games, then read the books. Um, Funnily enough, even before the movies, I read The Silmarillion first and thought it was like dry as saltine crackers. I had (laughs) to read it for school. Oh, and and for homeschool, for homeschool, I read The Silmarillion Um, and it it was, we were doing a unit on ancient histories and linguistics. And so we were using it as example of how different cultures can affect names and histories and stuff like that. So, I mean, as far as assignments, pretty cool, right? But if you've ever read the Silmarillion, you got to be a very dedicated Tolkien fan to dig into it, Mm -hmm. um, especially portions of it. And Mm -hmm. so that was my initial taste of Tolkien. And so I was like, okay, this is like way too heady for me. I'm going to go back to Star Wars where people are swinging laser swords. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But then I saw the movies and was like, I could get on board with this and then play the video games, which kind of gave me a deeper dive into the lore. And I was like, okay, now I'll go back and read the books. And so, you know, I am, I kind of had a, a backwards journey into Tolkien -hmm. Certainly not a a book purist. So for me, that's probably why I have a little bit more of a a opened mind as far as all right, sure, introduce some new characters. Sure, let let's make some of these cultures like New York. To Brett's point, (laughs) to to me, the only holdup for me is the dwarves because I just feel like biologically it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, But you know the other ones, I'm like, sure, why not? Because I was a movie I was a movie convert and then brought into the greater lore. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I feel like I have a little bit more of an open mind while still trying to be somewhat protective. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely have less of a filter than probably the the errands of the world. When so kind of in,
0: that, in, in, in that line then is, is that I would, from what I'm gathering is, is that you would suggest that if you have the time and you're available to watch rings of power, you would say, go ahead and do it. If you've enjoyed the movies, the Lord of the ring movies, not the Hobbit movies, the Lord of the rings. <laughs> there's a good chance you would enjoy rings of power. I
1: I would say if you're a lover of high fantasy period, there's a good chance that you'll enjoy rings of power. Cause I mean, if you are somewhat familiar with the concept of elves, dwarves, men, and how those three races come together in some sort of narrative that you'll enjoy (laughs) rings of power. Like I, I would argue that you could probably enjoy it having no Lord of the rings background, uh, I mean, that they, they're trying to make it mass appeal for a reason, right? Because mm-hmm. they know that they can't just get Lord of the Rings fans to watch this because that's not how you get ROI on a billion-dollar series. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But if you are a Lord of the Rings fan, there's obviously going to be some things that you have to just swallow, such as, all right, imagine Lord of the Rings, but everything is New York. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to have to swallow some things, but... If you get over that aftertaste, it's still to me. It's a seven out of ten. Like, will this be remembered? Time will tell. Is it worth an initial watch? Yeah. Once you finished Arcane. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's put all this right. way, Daniel.
2: That if if they screw up royally, then I will have Zach's hatred for Boba Fett for this.
1: Okay, I will be there. that and hopefully it doesn't happen you know i i am the optimist that like hey maybe it will get better you know i felt that way all Mm -hmm. the way up until the death throes of season eight of game of thrones um yeah and i i've I've yet to decide if i'm going to commit my heart to house of dragon um especially since i know especially since i know how it ends right right like you know it's it's another prequel tale funnily enough um
0: you know and there's always the redemption you know i mean we had mandalorian season 2.5
1: i know, know see that's why I'm still. I mean, I'm still excited for Mandalorian season three because apparently it's so good that they had to creep some of it in to pull the wrecking Hulk of Book of Bacta out. So <laughs> all right. anyway, all right. Well, this has been fun, y'all. I look forward to more discussions on Rings of Power, and always a pleasure to have our True Believer patrons in tow. So uh, yeah. maybe maybe next yeah. time we next time we gather. Next time I'll have the watched the show. Gathers, yes, yes we'll, <laughs> we'll have a little bit more of an informed opinion. But, um, you know, we, we still had good discussion nonetheless. So, hey, if you enjoyed listening to this, check out our Discord. We enjoy sharing memes and just all sorts of fun shenanigans throughout the course of the week. Or join the ranks of our patrons and help support the show. Um, helps us keep the lights on and uh, do fun things throughout the year. So, and then
3: you can come be on the show, too. Get your this opinion is true in here.
1: this is true throw your throw your your ring into the ring
2: like, one ooh. of us one
0: of us <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go well hey y'all catch you later dagum nerds see you later see you everybody
4: adios game over.